Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here for another edition of Oilers Live Tuesday. A little bit of a special edition as we've got uh, what I like to call the producers, uh, former producers of TSN 1260. I uh, had a little bit of fun with the DVD cover. Uh, that, one, uh, that one came to me late last night as I was talking to Dash. I want to thank everybody for joining. Uh, just going around, we've got uh, Mr. Connor Halley, Hernan Salas, Matt Dewanick, and Jeff Walker. And then, of course, my associate host, I guess I'm calling him now. He's kind of taking that title on himself, but uh, happy to have you here, Dash. Uh, welcome, everybody. Good to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. It thank you. Is, uh, it is exceptional to see you guys, right? I know um, it w- it's been, what, a couple weeks now uh, since, since we lost you on the air. And um, the folks over here at Heavy Hockey have been uh, pretty excited about this episode today. I'm going to do something that um, you guys are probably not used to, and that's the host. As the host, I'm not going to do a lot of talking tonight. So <laughs> you guys uh, you guys have probably, uh, for the most part, uh, uh, entered in when, when needed. And, um, you know, somebody else was uh, sitting in my chair. Um, whoa. What's going on there? Who's oh, that? Me. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> He's been on a broadcast for a little too long. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's <laughs> that flies on the sideline, not here, Hernan. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. I don't even have like the audio. Uh, like I don't have any special effects to go with it right now. Uh, I think right. Hernan just brought Good his off. with the Kung Fu Panda there. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, we're going to, um, you know, see where you're at now and maybe uh talk a little bit about 1260 tonight we're going to do a little segment tell me i'm wrong that's uh in honor of mr connor alley that's something that he did um over at 1260 i'm gonna let dash uh take the reins as much as possible and i'm gonna sit back and enjoy uh the uh the, the discussion and and let's you know let's talk some oilers hockey it's been um I don't know. It hasn't been the most exciting of Oilers off seasons, but it's definitely the uh, maybe one of the more exciting regular seasons coming up that we've seen in a, in a little while. Although, as Oilers fans, it could be argued we say that every year. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm Recently. I'm looking forward to getting getting your opinion. So, just um, you know, I, w- I want to uh, maybe hand the reins over to Dash. Let him uh, do it, it some intros. Etc. And uh, he knows you guys the best. Um, so Dash, if you don't mind, just kind of letting uh, those of the, our folks know, you know, who we're talking to, and and uh, a little bit about them. Well, I would hope our folks know who these folks are. Um, <laughs> we we emulate them, and uh, you know, we we use their content to to guide what we do. Um, you know, we all miss TSN 1260. We all miss that radio. We all miss that content. Uh, I believe, you know, guys like you really connected with the city. There was, uh, you know, a heartbeat with the city and, and the station went with it. Um, so I, I, I'm just, you know, this, I'm, I'm really excited. I think this is going to be something that, uh, that the city needs. So 
without further ado, I think we'd like to just kind of go over basically what you guys have been up to. Basically, you know, maybe what uh, what what you're you know has been keeping you busy for the last three or four weeks if anything and maybe hopefully nothing and then like i said uh or like michael said pardon me um you know imitation is the most sincere form of flattery so i'm just gonna steal connor's segment and, and throw it right back at you guys uh so that said um i guess i'll introduce you i don't think i need to um you know as i can see you and i think the crowd can too jeff walker um the experience uh, the texas ranger um the storyteller, uh, super happy to have you. I know you're on, uh, you know, the station part-time as well as spending some of your time over there um, on The Wolf. A uh, lot of uh, history in, in radio and, um, you know, ended up how it ended. <laughs> we, we were happy to just get you going. Um, how you been doing, Jeff? What you been up to? You know what? I've been doing pretty good, guys. Uh, you know, just trying to... I don't know, survive every day. You know, it's kind of bored, boring being unemployed and all that stuff. But uh, you know what? I'm keeping kind of busy. And that's all you can really ask for, I think. And uh, sometimes I talk to the dog too much. <laughs> you know, that's kind of thing. And uh, still hitting the teen burgers in the morning. Sorry about that, Hernan. And uh, you know what? Just live, right? Just trying to put some stuff together for the future. So thanks for having me here, guys. Absolute pleasure. Uh to our bottom left, Connor Halley, um, longtime TSN producer, a uh, lot with Jason Strudwick uh, recently and for also a long time with Jason Greger and the Jason Strudwick Show. You've been all over the place, man. You've hosted your own shows. You've hosted pregame shows. You're hosting postgame shows. You've been, you know, doing the other Connor podcast. You've done Oilers Nation After Dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're everywhere. We love you. Uh, what you been up to? Yeah, not a whole lot. Like Jeff said, uh, being unemployed is very boring. I mean, I'm, I'm doing the Elks watch parties. If I get, can give them a little plug here, a central social hall, Hernan, uh, the watch party on Thursday. The Elks going to pick up their first one of the season. So I've been keeping busy that way. I uh, did a little trip to Vegas with the wife, which was a lot of fun. But other than that, just kind of enjoying it. Like with the radio, I, I feel like all of us can probably uh, kind of have the same thoughts on this one. I don't think I've had two weeks off since I was 18. Uh, you know, I, it, this is the longest I have gone without working on a consecutive basis. So uh, it, it's been, it was fun for a while. It's getting a little bit boring. Uh, you know, I think I've mastered the iced coffee at home and, uh, you know, <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get back going sooner or later here, but uh, it's, it's been difficult. It's been, it's been all sorts of things, but yeah, happy to hop on with you guys tonight. Good to see some familiar faces, uh, Maddie, Hernan, Jeff, and uh, good to be back on here on the show. Fantastic. Uh, you know, we um, really, you know, I don't know. This is just, I'm so excited. I'm going to stumble <laughs> on my words all night. Um, and maybe I should just shut up and let you guys talk. But, uh, yeah, really excited for, for what might be coming and, and what's down the road. Uh, you mentioned the Elks, and, you know, that's a nice segue to jump over to uh, our man, Hernan. I remember what I was going to say. Your guys' career in radio is a grind. And I think everybody knows that, um, you know, especially guys like Hernan and, and Jeff recently with recency bias. I know Matt and Connor both climbed up through the ranks this way as well. But, um, you know, you're up at six in the morning to help the guys f- f- fill in there sometimes. And, and then you're still doing a post game show you know, after an Oilers game at midnight and, and doing it all again the next day. So, um, I, I get it. And, and the fact that you said you haven't had two weeks off in, in how long. 
you know, I, I think you guys have earned it. So I'll jump back to that segue and, and pivot on that over to Hernan, the man. Um, man, we're, we're all feeling for how the, <laughs> the team's doing this year. Um, you know, we, we don't blame you. I want you to know that. Um, you know, I, I blame think Dusty you. and the boys. Yeah, yeah. Been. Wait, wait Maddie, a second here. Maddie might have been. I think this I'm is blaming Hernan. <laughs> I haven't won a home game since Hernan's been there. So we know what you've been up to a little bit, but uh, you know, how, how's it been going? Uh, good, man. Good. Uh, just a fun fact for, for I guess, uh, you, Mike, and some of the listeners. Uh, Maddie hired me at TSN 1260 way back in, in 2014. And the other guy, Connor, he trained me. So uh, we go way back. So those guys were kind of the kind of made me uh, the producer I, I became at TSN 1260. Thanks to those two guys for Maddie for taking a chance on me. Uh, an older guy, I guess, taking a taking a mm -hmm. board up spot when I when I did get the job and Connor training me and 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 just becoming great friends with these guys and getting to meet Jeff the last couple of years too, we really hit it off. So, but like you said, I, I left uh, last uh, April. I've been with the Elks ever since, and it, it's been pretty cool. I, I know there's, I know we're going through some tough times now on the field and with the record and all that, but uh, there's something about working in pro sports and and especially the CFL. I, I think the CFL is so unique, um, just in, in in every aspect of it. And I absolutely love it. We're getting ready to tr travel tomorrow to Winnipeg, so. It's a travel day. It's always fun going on the road and seeing the stadiums and, and, and getting to know the, the cities around Canada. So looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I haven't talked much to Oilers in a while, so I'm looking forward to that. It's It's been a while. Uh, I'll be honest, I haven't watched a single uh, clip or game of hockey since the Oilers were eliminated. It's just too busy with, with work and all that. So, um, yeah, I just completely turned off hockey once the Oilers were eliminated. But... Looking forward to uh, September and training camp and all that. So happy to be. Here. What was it like to be a fan again for the last year? Uh, well, uh, to be honest, I was <laughs> I was always a fan. I guess I just I know, I but when you're in radio, you know, there's yeah. that bit of impartiality or what you need yeah. to, you know, you just live have it to be honest. It and it's not as fun anymore. You have to be a professional, and, and when you do it for so long, like uh, post games and I did a lot of post games when the orders weren't going to the playoffs. So it was kind of, mm -hmm. you're always talking the same thing. So it was refreshing when the team got good and all that. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was nice to just go home and watch the game. And then once the game's done, you can just kind of sit back and listen to the post game show with the boys and, and, uh, hear what they had to deal with when the orders lost two straight or the orders were on a heater. So it was always great. And now you get so much, so much content, like Connor was is doing his own post game with, with, with the nation and, and the 1260 boys had their thing. And so there's so much content that you could just dive into different different ones and, and, and get a feel for it. But I'll be honest, I did miss it. Um, radio so, uh, is such a cool job when you get to talk about sports and teams that you grew up uh, cheering for. So, yeah, I, I definitely missed it. But uh, it was nice, like you said, to be a fan again. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I missed you on Locked On as well. That was one of my regulars. And... <laughs> you know what's funny? So I, I saw that uh, it's it's open again, and I was like, oh, I'm going to talk oh, to Evan Dom and see if I can do it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, I'm kidding, duty. but I was like, oh, that's, there's an opening there. I, I uh, but then you found out Matthew Awanek already <laughs> took the job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Future host of Locked On Oilers. I am kidding. Um, <laughs> Maddie. You know, maybe without introduction as well, but uh, you've had your hands in a little bit of everything, um, you know, most commonly 
confused with Tyler Uremchuk for whatever reason. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you had that honorable job towards the end of keeping those two old guys yelling at clouds in line. Uh, how's it been going? It's actually been pretty good. You know, I, I will say this. If there was a time for us to get fired, we got the best one because it went into the summer and we just get the summer off right now. Like I'm not right, going to yeah. I've yeah. learned I will enjoy retirement when retirement comes because I have nothing, <laughs> you have nothing to do. It's wonderful. Like it's, uh, it's been great for that just because, you know, Riverhawks games, Edmonton summer yeah. are always fantastic. Like once the smoke goes away, you know, the last couple of days has been better finally, but uh, you know, being able to take part in the festivals and not having any worries, just, you know, it's very easy to lose track of the days just when <laughs> you, you don't have to wake up the next day with a, ah, I got to get to work or anything. Uh, getting to go to Elks games finally and, and be a fan once again is a lot of fun. So yeah. for, from that perspective, it's just been, it hasn't been doing much, but in just enjoying, like, as Connor mentioned earlier, like the two weeks off, I haven't had a summer off since high school. I don't know how, like people don't get summers off unless you're uh. in school. So uh, <laughs> for me, I'm taking full advantage of that. And it's like, come September, back to the grind, back to get going. Uh, but for now, it's just Edmonton. We go through such a rough time through the winter. It's hard often, but we do it because the summers are so wonderful. And I'm going to take full advantage of our summers, hopefully golf a little bit more. Uh, but yeah, just kind of cutting away and enjoying the Edmonton sports, River Hawks and Elks and, uh, and you know, K-Day's Taste of Edmonton is about to start. So that's, that's what I've been doing. How many uh, full Yankees games start to finish have you watched? Uh, actually, I haven't watched any real baseball MLB no, ones hey. in a while. No, I just, what one, we, we, the Yankees keep losing, which is just, I'm not <laughs> happy with them in that. So I just need, I, I need wait for them to just, there. I just need them to trade for Shohei Otani, and then they got me watching every game the rest of the year. I was at Yankee Stadium, Matt, two weeks ago. Oh, yeah? And, uh. Man, I tell you, it might have been the worst Yankees lineup I've ever seen. Uh, and um, it was just an awful game. Judge was out. They, Aaron Boone uh, needs to be fired. You know, and, and I bought tickets in his office, right? Like, I was where he hits, like, 40% of his home runs. I was right there. Uh, it ended up being a 2-1 game. It was not exciting. <laughs> like the worst, maybe the worst possible game. And Yankees fans are ruthless, right? Oh, like, yeah. They just, uh, anyway, a lot of fun. I went to a Phillies game, though, like a week later. And um, I saw a, a, a Grand Slam. You know, I saw like six homers. There was, uh, there was some excitement. Seven or eight runs in the, uh, seven or eight runs in the first three innings. That was great. I mean, it wasn't a pitching duel by, duel by any by any stretch but it was a lot of fun yankee stadium though is a is a must for anybody out there who who likes ball it's it's a lot of fun and it's you know yank that so i enjoyed phillies like uh what is it national citizens bank citizens bank yeah thank you i enjoyed citizens bank um the experience at the um at the ballpark better than yankee stadium but the fans the yankees fans are worth going to see. I mean, New Yorkers are, um, they're a special breed. It was, a, <laughs> it, was a, it was, I mean, and, and Phillies fans are a special breed too, but, but New Yorkers are New Yorkers. I mean, with that accent and yelling at the guys in, in, in the field and, oh man, it was just, it was a ton of fun just watching the fans 
Yeah. Somebody was sitting in my seats. They looked a little bit bigger than I did. And I'm six foot five, so I just let them sit there uh, and moved a couple <laughs> over. No, I didn't miss any home run balls, but that's about it. So, guys, uh, thanks for the intro. Uh, it's good to uh, catch up with where you're all at. Happy to hear you're having um, you know, a nice summer off. That's good. I, I'd kind of wish I'd have a summer off, too. Um, so I'm a little bit jealous, uh, but I have taken some time to go, of course, as I just said, see some ballparks, et cetera. Um, we're going to do a segment, uh, you know, as I mentioned before, this is uh, inspired by uh, Mr. Connor Halley. I, I understand and, and I apologize, but being here in Halifax, there's not a lot of the TSN 1260 that we got. So I didn't get a chance to tune in that often, although I did. Uh, it was the only time in my life that um, I was able to be a six o'clocker. Uh, when, I, <laughs> when I moved out here, I was like, oh shit, I think I can do this. I can be a, I can be a six o'clocker. So, so uh, you know, I told that the very, my first day on the ground in Halifax, I, I was up for 9 a.m. And I'm like, I'm texting in. I'm, I'm a six o'clocker finally. Uh, otherwise, I didn't even, I didn't even know 6 a.m. existed. Uh, but we're going to do this uh, segment, Tell Me I'm Wrong. And, and I, um, we've got a list of, uh, obviously a good list. Let's have some discussion and we'll go from there. Dash, did you want to, um, you know, I, I know, uh, you know, normally I do most of the time, but I know Dash is, is, uh, pretty excited about this. So Dash, you've got the list. Why don't you lead us in a little segment of tell me I'm wrong and we'll, we'll have a little bit of fun and, and open up some Oilers discussion and possibly league discussion. Well, Michael, you never know. Some people might want to hear you answer questions instead of ask them every once in a while, you know, or just maybe not hear your voice every once in a while. You never know, depending on the fan, of course. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, we put this invite together a few weeks ago, so uh, I've racked my brain and tried to come up with uh, some of the some of the topics that we can throw down the gauntlet here and, and see where you guys come out on it. Uh, Connor, how did this segment get invented? Who come up with Tell Me I'm Wrong? You know what, uh, TSN Vancouver, it, we stole it. Oh, yeah? We straight up stole it. The segment was wow. called Tell Me I'm Wrong, and Strutty was like, you know what, maybe we should try something new here just to get people fired up. And it was right before COVID hit, and we were, you know, sitting in the, I don't even know what we called it, Maddie, the talent tank. I guess that some people called it that. It was just kind of a, a central office with the worst chairs ever. You sunk down into them. I think we ordered a pizza and we were like, we got to do some fun new things. That's where we came up with story time. And then Strutty said, yeah, there's this segment in Vancouver. They call it, tell me I'm wrong. And I, I want to say it was Sakaris and Price. I, 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 okay. I think that's who it was. And we just straight up took it. And they found out and laughed at us for stealing it. So that's where <laughs> it came from. Strutty took it. We, we thought about changing the name, but we thought, yeah, that's a good name. That, that could work. So that's how we came up with the segment. Just, just plagiarism. <laughs> I like it too. I like no, it. Well, no what better did, way. Your M-Chuck had a version of that at some point in time too, didn't he? Um, buy it or sell it. Right? Yeah, Dusty's on keep, keep it or clip it. Yeah, radio in general is all just stuff stolen from everyone else. And it's just you rename it and you do it again. FM yeah. or AM, sports, music, all of it. Everything has been done before. It's just a new name. Don't admit to too much, guys. I'm I'm watching the Twitter feed here and I see Dusty's uh, 
Dusty's watching right now, so <laughs> shout out to Dusty on the Twitter feed. Just gave him the uh, keep it or clip it shout out there. So. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So uh, let's let's get this going. Let's start with maybe a little bit of batting practice and a few law balls and and just kind of get things warmed up. Uh, I already missed Jeff's voice, so I'm going to go there first, I think, and maybe we'll just go around the circle uh, clockwise for this one. Uh, Connor McDavid will exceed 150 points again this season. Tell me I'm wrong. Jeff? Oh, there's no way I can tell you you're wrong there. Um, every time we thought Connor has hit his ceiling, somehow he just goes above and beyond it, right? 150 points for anybody else, probably not going to happen. But for Connor McDavid, he's going to get there. He's going to get 160. I can see him getting up to 175. You just can't stop that guy. He's gotten better every single season. So, yeah, I can't tell you you're wrong. I think you're right on that one. Tough to bet against him. Maddie. 100%. Yeah, it's... Uh... Where I learned you don't bet against Connor McDavid was going into the <laughs> season with uh, the all-Canadian COVID year. The conversation was, can he get 100 points in 56 games? And I remember, for whatever reason, I was hosting a show one of those days. I can't remember if I was a Hernan or Yermchuk. And like, I looked at the numbers. I'm like, to do that, you would have to have a point-per-game pace. That is something we had not seen since the 0405 lockers. I'm like, there's no chance it's going to happen. Like, it's just... This is like Connor McDavid is great, but we're going to see something we just haven't seen since 0405. And I ended up being one of the very few people that was inside Rogers the night he got 100 points with the on the 53rd game or whatever it was. Right. And it's that moment I realized, or not that exact moment, but that season. That's when I realized when it comes to Connor McDavid, until he's done playing hockey, basically, there's no point in betting against him because when this guy sets his mind to something, he's that special, he can go get it done. There aren't many players in sports like that. Connor McDavid is one of those. So I just am now on the point of I will never bet against Connor McDavid unless he's retired. Like it's that level right now with him. So no, <laughs> can he do 150 next year? Absolutely. I almost want to go as like how many more seasons could he do 150? Because if he wants it, he's going to go get it. Love it. Hernan? Well said. Yeah, it's almost like if he doesn't hit 150, it's like, come on, what are you doing, Connor? Like, and just <laughs> seeing his, uh, just seeing his maturity, and and then like when he won all those awards this year, and saying like, you know, we're 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 gonna we're gonna get this cup, like we're we're close, and just seeing that drive and motivation. And this guy's still young, man. He's what 26, 27 years old. Like, he's only gonna get better. So, uh, I mean, with the power play they have with with Leon Drysaitel you know, shotgun there, and you still have Kane and Hyman, you had Connor Brown, like, sky's the limit. Like Maddie said, like, to bet against him is just being a fool. So I, I think 150, I think he can do that for multiple years, just not just not two, right? So uh, I'm excited, man. We're very lucky in Edmonton to be able to watch this guy every night. So I'm excited to see what the, the next couple of years bring for the Edmonton Oilers. Without a shadow of a doubt. Connor, can I guess that you're not going to go against the grain here and bet against Connor McDavid, your namesake? Do it, Connor. Yeah. Do it. The other, the other Connor. I am going to go against it. I, I think he's still going to finish at like 140, and it's going to be a hell of a season, and he's going to lead the league in points and win the MVP and be the best player in hockey. But everything went so damn well for him this year. Um, I, 
I mean, we're, we're betting on the players around him to put up the production that they did as well, right? So his he can pick up those helpers. Like, is Nuge going to score 37 goals again? I don't think so. I don't think he'll be that good. I think his numbers are going to be fine. He's going to lead the league in points if he's playing out there the majority of the games. He's just the best player in hockey. But uh, I got to break this one up. It's, it's too much optimism here. I, I don't want to get to the point where if he doesn't get 150, we're like, oh what happened he, he declined he's on the decline he's 28 years old what's happened so i think he'll still finish in the 140 range still lead the league in points but 150 my god 153 that was that was a hell of a year and that's he's, why tsn 1260 isn't on the air anymore <laughs> of claims he's like been, that but and, and Connor, connor's probably right but like this guy's gonna hit 100 for like multiple years like, like connor oh, said yeah. if he hits 120 it's it's unreal. Like 150 is out of this world crazy. And then like, even if this guy for the next four or five years hits a hundred, like every year, that's just amazing. Especially in this, in 2023. Let this soak in though. Uh, Bouchard on the power play for a full season. Yeah. No, fair yeah. Enough. Like that, that alone has got to be worth a, you know, 10 to 20 <laughs> point bump. I think. Well, I, <laughs> I can't go to 170. <laughs> yeah. I'll say, My point. Jeff said 175, so you heard it here. Yeah, first. and I stand by it. I st- I'm with Matty. You, you you just can't bet against this guy, right? Every time there that you set a target for this man, he not only meets the target, but he goes well past it. And for him right now, the 150 point range is his target. So, yeah, you know what? He's going to go past that. I, I have here, no doubt on. Here's and my I question. Love Connor, you guys. Like, I love Connor. I love Connor Howley to death, but I gotta well, disagree with you, Connor. Let me ask you guys this quickly. Then, what? I mean, how many goals is he gonna score? Is he gonna reach 100 oh, assists? Is he gonna score 75 wait, goals? Just wait for the next question, Mister Howley. Don't yourself. Let's get into that. Hey, Jeepers! Who's the host here? Not you. Not anymore. Okay. <laughs> no, never. Never but, was. Never was. I'll say that. That said, I I kind of tend to agree with you, and I really hate to say it, but like, man, 150 is crazy. You know what? Like 164 is crazy, right? Like that's two points per game. Jeff, he gets 175. Wouldn't even be the least bit surprised. Not even the least bit surprised. I'm donating Michael, 50 bucks he's, he's to the a charity. Best in the world. Why not? Right? Yeah. Why not? Jeff, 50 yep. bucks to a charity of your choice if he makes 175. You know we're unemployed, right, buddy? Yeah, right? It's a year away. It's a year away. All right. You know what, man? I, I'm in on that. I will do that, Connor. <laughs> I can hop I'll in on that, that too. I, I, have a, I have a charity suggestion, by the way. <laughs> Sace, there you go. If you, if you make the uh, bet on here, you know, 50 bucks to Sace would be great. That's the Sexual Assault Center of yeah. Edmonton. Lock it in. Choice here. Yep, done. Okay. I'm in. Clip this clip. $50 if he gets to 175 points to Sace. Oh, I love the clips. All right, Michael. David. 97 will exceed 150. Oh, yeah. No, I think for sure. For sure he will. Last year, I didn't bet on him to to beat 50 goals. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Matthew said it right. It's hard to bet against this guy. Uh, I'm not going to do it again. I think Bouchard on the power play adds something. You know, maybe it's not a a 20 point bump, but I think it's a five to 10 point bump at minimum. Uh, you know, Bouchard's going to, Bouchard's going to take the points away from Nuge though. We'll get to that Nuge thing. Um, but, um, you know, I, I just, I can't see him not doing 150 this year. Look at Calgary. I, I, I mean, we play Calgary four times this year. <laughs> like <laughs> That's gotta be worth something right there. I mean, that's an extra, 
that's an extra three point bump for the extra <laughs> game, right? So, well, I'd argue that there's a really good chance that power play doesn't repeat as the best power play in the history of hockey as well. So, you know, there's always that chance that yeah. that just breaks even and there is no Bouchard bump. That said, uh, you know, there's there's another component to that 150, and it's how many goals that Connor can score. He just came off the Rocket Richard Trophy. In fact, he came really away from the awards with every trophy, except for the one he really wanted. Uh, we'll maybe go in reverse order this time and, and go right back to Michael. Uh, Connor McDavid will exceed 60 goals again this season. Damn it. You know, I've just Tell finished to get over 150. 60 is going to be tough, but I, I don't think you're lying. I think he'll maybe be right around 60. You know, I, I'm not, I won't bet against him again this year, but if he um, wouldn't surprise me if he's right around 60. Now, if you're right on the power play, he's not getting 150 or 60 goals. Uh, the power play has got to be clicking in order for him to yeah. do both. But, but I think, I think he's, uh, well, of course he's capable. He, he'll get 60 again this year. We all know him and Dry are just uh, power play merchants, right, Connor? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's what they are. That's all they do. Hallie, tell me I'm wrong. Oh, my turn. Okay, just want to say one yeah, more. You get thing. to answer your own question now. <laughs> um, if if McDavid does reach 150 points, he'll be at a thousand in his career, which is absolutely insane. It feels like just yesterday he was that you know fresh faced kid coming into the the NHL from juniors. That'd be wild. I, I got to say no. I don't think he gets 60. Um, again, he's going to get 50, maybe 55, but I'll have him just short of 60. Jeff, I'm not making you another bet, though. <laughs> don't want to lose another 50 bucks, eh? No, I, I can only lose one $50 bet. All right, man. All right. I tend to agree with you again, Con man. What do you think, Hernan? Yeah, I'm with Con on this one. 60 is so hard, it, it, especially in this day and age. That's why you don't see many guys do it, like Matthews and yeah. And Connor McDavid, can he do it? Of course. I mean, he's uh, far the best player on can the planet, really? a player we've never seen. But I think, I think Connor brought up a great point where, like last year, a lot of things went right. A lot of players had career years, and is that going to repeat itself? It's highly. It's, I mean, they they can all have good years, but they have the years that they had last year, like Nuge hitting a hundred. Um, probably unlikely, but I still think they're going to score a lot. So I have them in that range that Connor kind of had like 45 to 55 around there. I think more realistically, probably closer to 50 than 55. But I mean, even if he does that, it's, it's incredible. So, uh, I'll tell you you're wrong. Yes. All right. Maddie. I stand by what I said before and I'm not betting against Connor McDavid because yeah. this guy is just... He's a special talent that it's you can't use normal logic when you're talking about Connor McDavid. You can't use just what we've seen. Like the question would be to me, like, have we seen Connor McDavid hit his peak yet in his career? Like that's the thing that that's where I go to, and, and we'll never know until his career is over to go when he hit his peak. But like these, I think, are kind of the best years, and it's not going to be just one year where he's at his utter best. It's going to be multiple years. Well, so last year's 150 and 60. Yeah. Well, I don't think, you know, unless the Oilers go through some sort of massive change and really focus on defense and try to limit what goes on in, in their own zone and, and make this massive change to how they play, I still think this team is going to be this team. I was just looking. They had 325 goals last year. was the best in hockey. So naturally, that is very high. That's going to have a drop down. 
But to everyone's point, okay, so Nuge isn't going to, like, there's a guy I'm not going to bet to have the same year as his career year last year. Uh You look at what the bottom six did last year and how many goals they got. It's going to be hard to replicate that. But in the end, this team's still going to need goals. So where are those goals going to come from? And I'm going to look at Leon Dreisel. I'm going to look at Connor McDavid and go, those are going to be the two big guys that are going to go get those goals. So, yeah, it's going to be hard to do. But if there's a player that could go do it back-to-back years, it's going to be Connor McDavid. So he made me look foolish once. I would rather be wrong betting on the guy, betting on McDavid, than being wrong betting against him. So once again, I'm with him getting that 60 or more. Well, you're not the only person that Connor McDavid has made foolish, and and you could reference, yeah. uh, you know, Riley, uh, you know, a collection of uh, Rangers on one given play, um, Dowdy, yeah, Dowdy, uh, as well as everyone, Michael, and uh, who said he wouldn't hit fifty this year in our preview <laughs> show. Uh, but I digress. Uh, the experience. What do you got? Seventy-five goals, hundred assists. Well, you know, like, uh, I hate to be the guy that agrees with Matt all the time here, but I got to agree with Matt once again. You'd be like, he's Connor McDavid. We haven't seen the best out of him yet. And I truly believe that. And they're like, that's, I, I think that the really crazy part about Connor McDavid is that you don't know. And you're not going to know till, like Matt said, till his career's done when he hit his peak. But I don't think he's there yet. You know, 75 goals, that's going to be tough for sure. I don't think he's going to make it there. But 60 goals, yeah, why not? You know, why not? Why can't he make it there? He's got the team around him, the power play. They might not be the greatest power play of all time again this year, but there's not going to be that big of a drop-off. The Edmonton Oilers score a lot of goals on the power play. And Connor, he looks like a man that wants to shoot the puck more. He did last year. That's why he won the Rocket Richard Trophy. Why is he not going to carry that into the next season and shoot the puck even more this season? So 60 goals from Connor McDavid, sure. You know what? I'm going to say that he can get that done, and I bet he does this year. And like I said, agreeing with Matt here, you know, why would I bet against him? I'm not going going to do that. I, I did that a couple times a few years ago. You know what? He proved me wrong. I'm not going to do that again. So 60 goals for Connor McDavid. Sure. He can do that. Yeah. And I'll just like jump that. in and say this about Connor too. Like this is a guy that has proven that when he sets his mind out to do something, he's going to go do it. And I just have a, I'll almost guarantee that in his mind, he wants 71 day. He wants a season where he gets 70. So when is that season going to be where he goes all out to get 70 goals? What about 50 and 50? Right. I mean, right. I mean, there's, you know, you got Leafs fans arguing that Matthews did it right over over the course of two. I mean, maybe, maybe Connor, Connor hears everything, right? Like Mm -hmm. (laughs) he just seems to, he seems to feed off of this stuff. He's got that MJ. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. 15 and 15 this year. It's actually Matthews chirping him in the gym back in Toronto in the off season. Right. (laughs) Sorry, Connor. Oh, back in the day with uh, Sportsnet with Dino, I, I remember once saying, like, I just love to see Connor McDavid develop, develop that Mamba mentality like Kobe, where he's like, I'm going to score here. You're not going to stop me. And I think he started to do that, like, this last couple of seasons. I think the shots improved. I mean, he's he's taking shots from ridiculous angles. And, you know, he when he's coming in on the rush, what do you do? I mean, you play him one way, he's going to walk around you. You play him another way, he's going to, you know, release that quick mm-hmm. wrist shot. Like, he's, he's really added to his game. So I, I'm not saying he can't get there. And I think Matt brings up a good point. Like, he's going to get to a point where he wants 70. He's fully capable. I just think a lot of things would have to go right for it to happen. And you saw, Connor, you bring up a good point. Like, 
he's found different ways to score, right? Like this past season, it was those one-on-one rushes where he was just shooting it between the guy's legs. Or you know what I mean? Like he did that at least 10 times last season. Like he's finding different ways to score. And this season, who knows what that's going to look like, but you know, he's, he's taking more shots. He's, he's being creative in the way he's getting the puck to the net. So, I mean, again, sky's the limit for this guy. It's just fascinating to uh, like the anticipation of what we're going to see this year. It's always fun. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, I think um, when it comes to what Awanik said, you know, and he, he wants to put his mind to, you know, he, it's almost like this last season. He's like, all right, I'll get to 60 and then I'll get dry to 50. Right. Like he just, he just stopped. Shooting. And then get nuge to a hundred and yeah. we'll get everyone yeah. their nice marks. Yeah. Career yeah, high for exactly. Hyman. And to Hernan's point, like he's scoring in different ways. What, what was it? His 50th goal before he scored with a one-timer? Like that's unbelievable. That's that's crazy to me. Like fifty was the deke from Austin, I believe. Yeah, Boston. sorry, you know, in the fifties, yeah. it was probably before yeah. he scored against, with a against Boston. Against Boston, yeah, I think tied up the game. It was a uh, yeah. That's, that's a great trivia question. Who passed? <laughs> great trivia question. So Wanak <laughs> also mentioned Nuge. Uh, Michaels mentioned Nuge. The power play flows through Nuge, in my opinion. I, I think that everything is distributed off of Nuge's stick and, uh, you know, how he positions himself in the puck um, often is, is how the success of the power play goes. He should have several years left as an Oiler in the top six, playing with 29 and 97. Ryan Nugent Hopkins will have another 100-point season at some point in time in his career. Jeff Walker, tell me I'm wrong. Oh, that one's a tough one because I love Ryan Nugent Hopkins, but 100 points for him, you know, like I was shocked that he got that this year. Like he is, I, I'm with you. He's the, the guy that stirs the drink on the power play. Most times yeah. he's the guy that starts and he gets it to Leon, he gets it to Connor, they do their magic and, you know, the puts in the net. Uh, so for him to get another 100-point season, like, oh, man, I'd love to say yes there, but I just don't think I can. I think it was just a magical season for him. Is it possible playing with those two players on the power play that he makes it there again? Yeah, I think it is. Is it going to happen, though? I just don't think I can say it will. Like, I, I'm going to say he's going to be a point-per-game uh, player, right? Like, I think he's going to get 80, maybe 85 points. But to get to that 100 mm -hmm. mark again, that's tough to do once in the NHL, twice. I just don't think Nuge has got it. And I love Nuge. Don't get me wrong. I love the guy. But that that's a pretty tall task. Yeah, I agree. Matty, you already said you'd see a decline coming. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, he's a he's a 30 year old. He's not uh, an once in a generational player like Connor McDavid. So you have to look at just the historic history of hockey and history of other players. And a 30 year old hitting a career high, it's hard to bet that this guy is going to be able to then go do it. You know, Connor mentioning with Connor at least that you know everything went right for the Oilers this year. Well, that's what I'll use for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He was one of those guys that everything went right, and he was a big benefactor of that. And there's a guy that, you know, I, I've always felt was about a 70 to an 80-point player. He had that special year this year that got him to 100. Um, if he's going to get 100 again, it would have to be in the next couple of years because I don't see this guy being a 34, 35-year-old going out getting 100. Yeah. But even then, I just, you know, you're going to have an Evander Kane that is hopefully going to be back and fully healthy for this team. Who knows what Connor Brown's going to do with the Edmonton Oilers. Zach Hyman's still here. 
Um, if I'm still seeing, you know, going with Connor having his 150, 60 goals, you know, he might even improve on that. Somebody has to lose points in all this. Somebody has to lose goals in all this. Not everyone just could keep going up. So uh, when I look at Ryan Nugent Hopkins and his body, this is a guy who's a good two-way player. Um, you know, you can trust him in, in your own zone and he's going to score some offensive points. So uh, to get 100, I don't think we'll see that. I would think that maybe we'd see him getting maybe into the 90s again at some point in his career. Maybe he could do that part. But I've always looked at him as being a 70, 80 point guy. So I'll stick with there's a guy that probably won't get to the 100 again in his career. But I hope I'm wrong because Nuge is just one of those players you just love. And honestly, like I, I, hopefully he's the guy that's the first ever Oiler who retires as an Oiler start to finish his entire career. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Jeff said 80 to 85 for next season. Maddie, quick over under on uh, 80 for Nuge this year. I'll go over. I'll go over. I'll go with the, like, yeah, in that range. I think he's still, I don't think you'll see that big of a drop off to go from 100 to, let's say, 70 points or something, losing 30%. I don't see, yeah. think we see that from Nugent Hall. All right. Uh, 100 point season again in his career, Hernan. Tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I got to roll with the boys. Um, you know, his his highest point total until last season was 69. So, like, last year was just one of those seasons that you know, everything went right. He was just – he played every game, every yeah. situation. Good point. And that's the thing going forward with Nuge. He is older, and he's Mr. Reliable, right? Like, when, when other lines are not going, who do they look at? Hey, let's put Nuge at center on the third line, see if we can get that line going. And he's kind of that movable piece that – that the coach likes to move around just to see if they can get him going or uh, some other guys going. So, but he's going to get his power plays. He's going to get PK plays a ton. Um, but I think a hundred, it's, it's a tall order for Nugent Hopkins. I, I still think he'll, he'll minimum hit 60 here in the next couple of seasons. And then you'll start to see that kind of, you know, it's that typical decline for older players, but, Again, if Nuge scores 50 and 60 and this team's in the finals winning the cup, like I don't think many yeah. people are going to mind that because no. he is a fan favorite. He does a lot of things well, and, and he's Mr. Utility on this team. So um, I think 100 is it's not realistic going forward for him, but I still think he has three, four uh, amazing seasons ahead of him, and that's anywhere from 60 to 80 points for him. Yeah, good point that he plays all situations as well, I think. Connor? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a, a similar answer with all the guys here. 35-point uh, jump up from his previous career high, which is absolutely ridiculous for a guy who was in his 29, 30-year-old season, right? So I, I think when you, you, you know, if he was a guy who hovered around 80 points at multiple points in his career, I'd say, yeah, he can do it again. But uh, it, it just seems like it'd be such a jump. Everything would have to go right for him. And he only played in 82 games for the third time in his career. So uh, you're looking at a guy who has had the, the injury concerns as well, if he can avoid that and duplicate what he did this year, that would be outstanding. But I think I'm kind of like Hernan. I got him in the 70-point range, which I think is perfect for what he is. I think it was kind of a one-off this past year where things did go right for him. But I, I hope he builds off it. You know, I, I hope he, he still surprises every once in a while with that sneaky wrist shot when the team needs it. He scored a lot of huge goals for this team. Uh, I, I don't know if he has to be the guy that scores 37 goals this season. That'd be great if he could and great if he could, you know, put up those types of numbers. I don't think he has to. I think if he's around uh, 25 to 30 and 70 points, you're happy about it. And isn't But yeah, if he's able to, you know, find his offensive stride in his thirties, that'd be, that'd be wild. I don't know who else has done that. Yeah. 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 Well said, Michael. 
quickly because I want to hear <laughs> yeah. their answers. I mean, there's there's no way he's uh, <laughs> likely to hit 100, I don't think, ever again. I mean, he, you know, he blew out his goal scoring last year, 37 goals, what, 15 yeah. of those on the power play. You know, I, I mean, if I guess the big thing is for me, what, what the power play is. I mean, he basically had, he had close to 60 points on a power play last year. So is he capable of doing, you know, 40 points on his own outside of that with Connor Brown and, uh, and Kane, you know, being a healthy Kane in the lineup. That's tough. If he, you know, even if he makes 60 points on a power play again. So I think it's yeah. unlikely. And, and, uh, Matthew's right. He's, he's not, while he looks like he's 18, he's, <laughs> he's in his thirties and, you know, it's just, it's just not likely. He, maybe he'll hover around. I, I think if, if I was to, I'd be happy if he was hovering around the 70 point mark. And I think that's a good season. Right. I, and I'm not upset if he never hit, hits a hundred points. That's not what we expect from, from me, yeah. but were we all happy for him? hundred percent. Fantastic. All right, we're going to shift a little bit uh, outside of the Oilers just because I'm uh, really curious myself how this is all going to go. But um, Connor Bedard was drafted with the first pick overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. And now that he has one of the best known mentors and role models in the entire NHL flanking him in Taylor Hall, (laughs) Connor Brown, sorry, Connor Bedard will eclipse 60 points in his rookie season and run away with the Calder Trophy, Mr. Matthew Awanek. 60 points. Wow. Um, it's just like, it, it's what type of, what type of first overall pick is it? If everyone wants, says that he's, he's like that step below Connor McDavid, but, but can he right. do it in the National Hockey League? Um, the second part is, I think, yes, he will run away with the Calder Trophy. I, I don't think we're going to see what has mm-hmm. happened with all the number one overall picks the Oilers have had that have never gotten the sniff of it. I think he goes and he goes, gets that. Can he get over 60? The reason I'm going to say no, and maybe this goes against everything I think of Connor McDavid, but Connor proved it at least in the NHL before, you know, proved me wrong in the NHL before. I, I won't mm-hmm. make that mistake again is... I need to see how well this translates to the National Hockey League. I think, think there have been some talks of, you know, around the world juniors and things of, of what part of his game just perfectly translated in the NHL immediately for that success. And, and you're on a team that isn't exactly that great. So I, I, I'm against the idea of him getting over 60 points, but I'm for him getting the Calder Trophy this year. All right. I like that, and uh, I'd actually probably agree with that wholeheartedly. Connor? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I I am interested to see how this whole thing works out in Chicago because kind of a bit of a tire fire there with all that's gone down, and I, you know, (laughs) I got to say I hope there's not much success with that organization for the next, you know, decade or so, but uh, I I think I'm along the same lines with Maddie. I think, uh, you know, he's going to have his moments. He's just such a skilled player. He's going to have those highlight reel goals where, you know, he he stands out and he shows what he can do. Uh, Does he get to 60? It'll be close. I'll, I'm going to say yes. I'll say he does eclipse the 60-point mark and does run away with the Calder Trophy this year. I'd have to actually go take a look at some of the other guys who would be in the conversation, but I, I think he's a special talent. Um, creative, great finishing ability. He's he's rose to the occasion at every level. We've got a chance to see him. World Juniors, he's been fantastic. So 
I'll say I'll be positive for once and say yes, he does make it to the sixty point mark. There we go. There's uh, a certainly a bit a bar been set by another guy named Connor. So you know, I think almost no matter what he does, he's he's gonna live in that shadow, and that's a little bit unfortunate for him. And you know, whether size becomes an issue or whether he's a Debrin cat that everything just translates and he comes up with forty goal seasons, you know, I guess that story will still be written, and we'll all figure it out. Hernan, what do you think? Yeah, it's, I think you said it there, Dash. It's a little unfair, uh, the, comparisons that, the comparisons that are going to come this year for him. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of with Matty. I, I, I think he's going to be a good rookie. I think he's going to have, you know, those flashes where he's going to make highlight of the night on SportsCenter, and, and we're all going to be like, wow, did you see that goal and all that? But if you yeah. look at the, at the Hawks roster right now, they're not very good. Uh, not a lot of skill. Uh, the decor is not very good outside of Steph Jones. And then you mentioned Taylor Hall. And Taylor Hall's kind of on the downswing now. He's not that elite top-line guy, even though he's going to be that in Chicago. But, I mean, after that, you got Tyler Johnson, Lucas Reichel. Like, it's not like the sexy name. So I, I think that team's still going to have some some tough times. I still think they're going to, you know, they're going to lose. Uh, they're going to go on losing streaks. And, and uh go through what rebuilds are, but I, I still think he'll be in that 50 point range. Um, yeah, like you said, the size, the kid, the kid's fantastic. He's awesome. Um, I don't think he's at a Crosby, Connor McDavid level. I think he's just below. And then we'll see how the size, it, you know, the NHL is a whole different game. So we'll see. I think he can handle it, but you know, the body sometimes can't, and you're going to deal with some injuries and all that. So, uh, I'm going to say, I, I, I can't see him hitting 60. I hope he does, but I just look at that roster and everything, and it, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be an, uh, it's yeah. going to be another tough season in Chicago. Yeah, Jeff, what do you think about the eighth generational player of our generation? <laughs> uh, well, you know what? Uh, it doesn't make for good radio agreeing with everybody that's talked so far, but um, I just don't think he's going to get 60 points. Chicago just doesn't have a good enough team around him uh, to really put up the offense that he needs in order to make that number. Uh, I, I think down the road, yeah, 60 is going to be easy for him. He'll be a point-per-game player eventually, but I just don't think it's going to be this season. Uh, Taylor Hall, as much as I love Taylor Hall and Taylor Hall stories, you know, like there's a reason the guy's in Chicago at this point in his career, right? Right? Like, that's kind of where he belongs at this point. Is he enough to get Connor Bedard into the 60-point range? I don't think so. As for the Calder Trophy, um, I could see him winning it because his name is Connor Bedard, right? And a lot of people right. are expecting him to win it. But once again, it's going to be depending on how Chicago is going to do this season. And any every time I look at Chicago's roster and I just read through the players on there, I'm like, I don't know half of these guys. Like, they're NHLers. But I don't know them. I, I don't think I'm going to know them this year. And I think that that's going to work against him getting to 60 points. I, I'm with the guys. I think maybe 50 is a good good number for him, a good total. I'd be happy to see him get 50 points. But 60, you know what? You're starting to get probably a little bit uh, too high with what they have going on in Chicago. Yep. Yep. That's fair. And and I'm not convinced that Taylor All will do his epic mentoring on the ice at and I'm not sure if there's a cactus club in Chicago, but I digress. Uh, M Michael? Uh, I think you're all wrong. I think he'll get 60. Um, I, I think for sure he'll get 60. Maybe not. Maybe he won't be a point-of-game point, of, point of game player, but I had the chance to watch this guy live uh, when he was here in Halifax. Uh, watched every game he played. Uh, he's a good player. 
uh, much like Connor, I mean, you um, you don't bet against players like that. Like they find a way to win. And uh, mm. I, I'd say, you know, my my thought on it is uh, is this. You know, part of the reason I think he'll get sixty points is because who else is going to get sixty points in Chicago? Right? Yeah. Somebody somebody's going to hit somebody's gotta score. There. Somebody's got to score, right? And um, so it's going to be Bedard this year. Uh, you know, Corey Perry is going to be there to, to maybe help him out a little bit and yeah. piss some people off. I just, I think 60 points is a gimme for him. I don't know that he's going to be as uh, prolific um, as some of the other generational players. I'm, I'm yet to decide on that. I, there were a couple games in the World Juniors I saw that teams played him really well. Um, and I've seen other generational players you just you can try to you know like the Michael Jordan thing you can try to do whatever yeah. the hell you want against them but against them but they still find a way Connor McDavid's like that Bedard isn't like that but he's he's still young anyway I, all in all I think at least sixty maybe not a point per game and I think for sure the Calder. Alrighty. Okay. I got two more. I see at the clock we're approaching the hour. Uh, I don't know if we set a limit. That probably would have been a respectful thing to do before we started this podcast and ask how long I, we had. I you guys guarantee for. I know four of them aren't working tomorrow morning. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Hernan is. Hernan's probably. Hernan, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Uh, you know, we'd have Just you for hours, guys. If you're having fun, we'll have you for as long as you're willing to stay. Um, I got two more for sure. Uh, I got a whole list actually, but you know, I will try to keep this concise. Um, let's go quick on the first one because I'm actually more interested in your answer in the second one, and it's related. So, um, Connor Brown scored 20 goals. He scored 21 goals. Uh, he's played with some, you know, talent in other cities uh, with Ottawa, Toronto. He's seen the high-end talent of the Leafs. He's played in the Canadian market. Uh, some say he's Zach Hyman light and, and plays with that similar type of motor. Um, I hope he does because I was a fan of Yamamoto. I, I thought that that tenacity on the ice was, you know, respected not amongst his teammates as, as well as, uh, or his line mates as well as the rest of his team. So uh, there are, you know, small shoes to fill physically, but I think big shoes to fill in the respect side of it. Um, whether Connor Brown stays in the top six, I guess remains to be seen. I, I truly see him maybe more as a, a third line player down the road or, or what have you. Uh, maybe he gets some looks on the top line. Connor Brown will set a career high in goals this season. Connor Alley, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, no, I won't tell you you're wrong on this one. I, I mean, I the, the whole chemistry going back to juniors thing that I, I don't know how much that plays into it. When you're in the <laughs> NHL, you're obviously going to think the game so well, and you, and you know, you're there reading. for a reason. So I, I don't know how much the the whole chemistry thing plays into it. But you know, if he gets opportunities in the top six to play with a Connor McDavid, who you know he has experience with, or Leon Drysaddle, he's he's shown in the past that he can put the puck in the net. He can go to the right places, uh, keep the stick on the ice, get those tap-ins, and knows what to do. So I will say you're not wrong, and I think he, if he stays healthy, because that is a concern, I don't think he's played 82 games in like three or four years now, but if he stays healthy and plays 75 games, yeah, I'll lock it in, career high in goals. All right. Jeff Walker. Uh, this one's a tough one for me, guys. Uh, I want to see him do really well. I, I think, uh, you know, the, the fit is there for, for Connor Brown. 
Um, I'm with Connor. I don't know how much junior hockey is really going to play into what's going to happen with the Edmonton Oilers this year. My one uh, concern with him, though, is his health, right? You know, this guy has not played a lot of hockey in the last couple of seasons. Uh, so we'll have to see how he handles being back on the ice before we can really make any predictions. Would I like to see him uh, set a career high? Of course I would. I think that would be great. It would be great for the team. But uh, I don't know if I'm ready to say yes on that one yet until I see him play some actual hockey and, you know, see if he's still got what he has from a couple seasons ago because he's missed a lot of time with injuries. So that's going to be a wait to see for me. So I'm going to say um, I'm going to say you're wrong on this one and he's not going to set a career high this season. All right. There's one vote apiece. Uh, Maddie, I'm interested in your opinion. Yeah, it's, you know, with news, I was saying 30-year-old career high, don't bet on that moving forward. So now we're talking about a 29-year-old getting a career high. But I, I just was looking at the goals. So his career high is only 21 goals in 56 games just a couple seasons ago in Ottawa. And it's going to be contingent on a couple things. One is, can he stay healthy and play 65-plus games? And will he be in that top six? And, well, naturally, he like it just looks like who else is going to play in that top six? You have Hyman, you have Nuge. Um, you have Evander Kane. So he's coming in to play in that top six to replace Yamamoto. And um, so he's going to get a lot of time up there with either Leon or Connor as a centerman. So to get a career high would have to be 22 goals. We're not talking about 30 goals. We're not talking about 35 goals. Right. We're not talking about getting a forward or anything like that. It's, it's not that crazy that to me, this isn't a, it's a real career high that I would say yeah, you know, it's a 29-year-old dealing with if, if, again, this will have the asterisk of 65-plus games. Can he stay healthy? But if he can, with who he's playing with and what this team is, yeah, no, I won't tell you wrong. And I would say that I would expect this guy to be around that range of, you know, 20 to 25 goals. And all he needs is that 22 mark to 25 to have a career year. So, yeah, I think he could and have a career year with the Edmonton Oilers when it comes to the goals. Because also to all this, something we've seen in hockey just overall, that contract year, that's a big, that's a big deal for yeah. players. When you're playing in that contract year, they know that their next contract's on the line too. He's on that contract year playing with those guys. So, yeah, I, I think just based on the career high being only 21, yeah, I could see him doing that. Contract year's a fantastic point. Hernan? Yeah, I mean, the, the the health part is the big one. I mean, you're coming off a really tough injury. Um, yep. I mean, I, I, I don't know if he's already skating and training. I, I don't know. If yeah, he's apparently he's been going pretty hard. Yeah. You know, apparently he was a healthy player up until this injury. But, you know, that's, yeah. that's a bad one. He hasn't played pro hockey in a year. Yeah, and, I mean, I, I think just from what I've seen on uh, – on socials and stuff, like the expectations for this guy are through the roof. Like I'm seeing some suggesting he should score 30, 40. And, and, and I'm kind of, yeah. I'm kind of with the guys where it's like, I think we need to just be realistic. And I think 20 to 25 is, I think most older fans would be very happy with that number. I think if he's between 15 and 20 goals, that's expected. Cause if you just look at the stats, right. You look at his career and that's where he usually is at. And now he's going to play either with Con or dry. Is there going to be chemistry there and all that? So right. it's 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 a tough question, but it's a good one because I think I think a lot of people here in Edmonton, their expectations are a little yeah. too high for Connor Brown. And I again, I think if for me, if he's anywhere between fifteen and and twenty, like I, I think that's realistic. If he exceeds that, like Maddie said, twenty-two goals is a career high, and uh, he's probably going to get some second power play time. He's going to kill penalties, but 
again, that, that number one unit doesn't see a lot of different bases, right? So you're not going to get those looks unless there's a ton of injuries for the Oilers. So yeah. I think for me, it's, it's yeah, yeah. I'm going to say no. I'm going to go with Jeff on this one. But I think he's going to be very close, very close to to uh, his career high, if not probably match yeah. it. But, again, there's so many questions, and, and he hasn't played hockey in a while. So it's a good question, but it's a tough one because we just don't know health-wise and where he's going to yeah. slot in and all that. Yeah. Yeah, this was a good one. We've been divisive on it. I I, I do think he'll get there as well. I think he'll be over that mark. Um, but he won't even get a sniff at that power play. I mean, if Evander <laughs> Kane's not piling on the power play, then Connor Brown certainly isn't. Uh, Michael, your thoughts? Yeah, I I, uh, I don't think he'll hit uh, career high. I mean, I'd I'd be surprised if he hey, does. He split I mean, how many three? Look at that. How many uh, twenty goal scorers do you have on the Oilers? Right, like you've got mm-hmm. Nuge, you've got uh, of course Connor and Dry, um, Zach Hyman, right, and then Kane. You know they they did what three hundred and twenty five goals last year. Yeah, um, yeah hundred of those are going to be from Connor and Leon. So you got two hundred more goals if they reach that mark again. Uh, he's not playing any power play time. Uh, I think, I think honestly, if, if we get 16 to 20 from him, um, then he's done his job. I don't, I don't think he needs to get any more. Matthew could be right on the contract year piece. I mean, that's going to be a big deal, yeah. but it all, we thought, um, you know, we, we thought a lot, <laughs> we thought Holloway was going to be playing top six, uh, minutes, uh, <laughs> after the preseason. Um, I suspect preseason we'll see, uh, Connor Brown scored 20 in the preseason. So if we count <laughs> preseason, uh, then he'll, then he'll beat the, beat the record. We'll all be excited. We're going to think he's the next, uh, coming of Yari Curry, uh, only to be, uh, pushed down to the third line by about game six or seven. So, uh, <laughs> or, or the next Perlini or the next Ty Ratty. Yeah. yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't <laughs> know. have the Ty Ratty award? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Player? Yeah. He's, he's no, I, I, I think he's going to do well, uh, but I don't expect 20 goals. Uh, 16, to, 16 to 20, I'd be happy with. Because he's going to get the first look with Connor McDavid, right? For sure. Yeah. You'd have but, to think so. Yeah. 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 You'd have to think so. All right. Well, I, one more, and then maybe we'll do a quick round if that's okay with you guys. Um, and it kind of, like I said, bleeds off of the first one that we were just talking about, but I, I am interested in this because it's not just the Oilers that have put Connor Brown and Connor McDavid back together. Uh, we've got Max Domi reunited with Mitch Marner in Toronto. We've got, uh, Drouin reunited with McKinnon in Colorado. Uh, we all know JP had a sniff with Ajo in Colorado last year, although that was boy, a real small sniff. Um, Chemistry in junior hockey carries over to the NHL and pro hockey. Michael, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, you're wrong. I mean, it just, you know, it's it's a dream, but it just doesn't, you know, I, I don't recall who said it before, but the, the NHL is just a different game, right? Guys of, you know, George LaRock was a, a point getter in junior. <laughs> right like i don't right? know it, yeah. you know if we found him the same line mates as he would he have been a point getter in the nhl and yeah, no it just it's just a different game these guys are bigger different they play different um you know 
if you put the same guy that played with Bedard uh, with them in the NHL, are they going to, you know, light it up? I don't think so. I just, it's, it's too, too different of a game for it to really matter. It's nice. It's good to think. It's good when you're playing with friends, probably, but outside of that, I don't think it matters. Bring in to bring crap for the other wing, right? Yeah. Hernan, tell me I'm wrong. Yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, if, if they're like drafted together and, and, kind of come up maybe you can have some of that chemistry but Zidane's. right yeah you know what i mean like, the Zidane's, like with, yeah yeah with connor brown and connor mcdavid it's been like what nine ten years maybe more um so it's yeah it's <laughs> i i don't know i i wish like i wish there was like more info on this like i like to go back and think on the spot of teammates from junior that ended up playing together and see what success rate they had but because uh I don't know if someone did Domi and Dvorak in Arizona. They were teammates in junior, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the London Knights, were they not? London, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, won, both they? guys, both guys were good, but I don't think their chemistry was. Un- and they had Mitch. I, no, I might be wrong. I might be wrong. That was I don't know Farm. if they played on the same years. I mean, they both came yeah. from London for sure. I know that you know Sam yeah. Gagne and Shrimp were all right in that range too. And I know Marner, Kachuk, and I think it was Marner, Kachuk, and Dvorak. Sorry, so I, I might have got that wrong. But to answer your question, I, I think it's wrong. I, I just don't think there's that direct where if the guys had success in junior, it's going to translate to the NHL. Because if 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 it were, then we'd have more proof of it, and we we'd be talking about it a lot more. But we just don't see it, right? So um, that's probably the best point right there. I'd yeah. agree, Matt. Yeah, I'll go with the you're wrong on this one. Um, it was, a, I got me and Dave Jameson got so upset when the Oilers brought in Dominic Cahoon and everyone was going, ah, Cahoon's coming with Leon Dreisettle. This guy's going to be now 70 plus. They played together in Germany. So, and we looked it up like, like, come on, like, really? Like, we're going to compare these guys together in Germany. Really good National point. hockey yeah. league. To professional hockey players. So I like, forgot about that one. Yeah, I, I, that, that, you, you, you brought back a bad memory for me there from 1260, but no, it was like, it, it's, you know, players change and, and their development in the pro game changes and who you're going up against changes. And, you know, chemistry, one, this isn't a junior chemistry, but, you know, look how good the dry settle Yamamoto Nugent Hopkins line was that short yeah. period before COVID. And they can never recreate that any time that they eventually got put back together in the years following. That was the best line in all of professional hockey for a stretch of three months. And they couldn't find that chemistry once again in the years following. So to go from a different league, a lower league, where Michael was saying, like, it's not professional hockey players. You're going up against a lot. You know, Georges Laroque was, you know, a star player in the juniors. All these guys are stars in the juniors. They're not in the National Hockey League. It just, to me, it doesn't translate. Are there going to be some situations where it'll happen? Yeah, of course, they're going to be outliers. Um, I wouldn't even say the Sedin twins, because I think that's that just goes into just twin magic even. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm sure that there's going to be some junior players that you could probably find that just that chemistry could go in through the National Hockey League. Um, but that's probably also, they've probably stayed together a lot more from the start of their career moving on. I don't think you could just naturally go grab a player who played with yeah. another player 10 years ago and put them again. But yeah, well, they played right in the juniors. That's the selling point. I think the team has to try to sell to their fans. Like, yeah, look, look at, we got this steal of a player here. Good um, point. 
but I don't think a lot of I don't think it happens. No, I, I don't buy into that. So yeah, I would go with you wrong on that. Matthew, uh, to that point, do you think it was a good deal though? Like, was it a steal of a deal with with or without the chemistry? Dominic Cahoon. No, not Cahoon. <laughs> <laughs> Connor Brown. Okay, because I'm just making sure that the Connor. Yes, I know. I, I do think it's a good deal, and I, I do think he, he's a better player overall. Sorry, I don't know why I'm thinking Tom Cahoon is what we're discussing. Um, I'm still Start it's still the rumor here. here. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's a great deal, and, and it, the thing I will say about these type of deals that do work out is they're low risk issues, especially the Connor Brown one, whereas if it doesn't work, okay, you tried it, you move on to next year and you, you try yeah. something different. So I think it's well worth a risk on this one. This is a guy who is, can play in the national hockey league at the very least. And we've seen that this isn't the guy that's, I think struggling to get an NHL contract. Um, yeah. So no, I do like the deal for the Oilers. I just don't believe that naturally He's also like to, to her dad saying earlier, people expecting him 30, 40 points. I'm not going to see her saying he's going to have 40 points just because, ah, this guy, look at the chemistry he had with Connor back in June. Yeah. You know, I, I doubt Low Tide's listening. I really hope he is. But if he was, he'd be screaming at the screen right now, going, why didn't Pittsburgh trade for Marc Antoine Pouliot? <laughs> Am I right? Oh, yeah. His favorite oiler of all time. Why didn't the oiler trade for Crosby? Yeah. <laughs> Who was your favorite Oilers draft pick of all time, and why was it Marc Antoine Pouliot? That was the question Matthew Awanek asked him at his own book signing, by the way. All right, Jeff Walker, tell me I'm wrong. Uh, I got to tell you, you're wrong here on this one. Uh, I, I don't think chemistry from junior days has anything to do with uh, the NHL. And the, the, just a couple players you listed uh, Drew Ann going to Colorado and Domi going to Toronto. These guys have been in the league for long enough that I think we know what kind of players these guys are. And just because you put them with people that they played with in the past doesn't make them better hockey players, Bingo. right? They are what they are. We've watched them play. They've had a, um, I say, a decent career in the NHL so far while Druin's been kind of on the outside looking in for a long time. But just because you put them with people they played with in the past doesn't make them better hockey players. And those players are what we see of them on the ice. Like, will Domi be okay in Toronto? I think he'll be okay in Toronto. Will Druin be in Colorado? That's going to be a tougher one. But who they're playing with isn't going to make the difference, right? Either they're going to be good hockey players or they're not going to be good hockey players. Nathan McKinnon in Colorado, he's been been doing just fine without Dran all this time. So you put them together. <laughs> is now is he going to be a better hockey player? I don't think so, right? So yeah. for for me, you know what? It's uh, I'm going to tell you you're wrong on that one because I just don't think it matters what you did in the past. It's going to be what you're doing as an NHLer today, and I just don't think these guys have that star power that they need to to make it a big big difference on their new teams. Yeah, good players know how to play with good players and know how to play off of good players. And you're either good enough to be a top-line player or you're not. I agree, Jeff, for sure. Connor? Yeah, I'll keep it quick. Just agree with everything that everyone else has said already. Uh, I mean, Connor Brown was brought here because he's a good player, not because he was a teammate of Connor McDavid. Sure, that probably sweetened it a little bit, but he's a good NHL player when healthy, so that's why he's a part of this team, because he can help them win the ultimate prize. But I will say, I mean, if this guy goes out and scores 30 goals and we're seeing McDavid to Brown for, you know, no-look passes, beautiful goals, I'm going to be the number one fan saying, bring in Nick yeah. Merkley old Kelowna Rockets teammate of Leon Dreisaitl. Bring him back from the KHL. 
we got to keep this going, keep this junior connection going. That's the key to victory. Uh, I don't foresee that happening, but yeah, good players are, you know, going to end up playing with good players. Uh, I don't put too much stock into where they played when they were 17. You, you oh, yeah, heard it here first, everybody. We've got uh, Dry Sidle playing between Cahoon and Merkley <laughs> next year. <laughs> I'm, gonna some piece. On this one, Dash. I'm curious, you guys, um, and when we go around on this one, but does um, does McDavid have a say in a signing like this? Like, does Holland call him up and oh, ask yeah. him, is Connor Brown uh, a guy you want on the team? And uh, maybe start with uh, Jeff. Oh, 100%. Connor McDavid has, uh, you know, how could you not, right? You want this guy to be an Edmonton Oilers for his career. You can't just have this guy fly blind on the team. He's got to have a say on what's going on. Now, with that said, the general manager is going to make the decision that he thinks is the best decision for the hockey team. And let's be real, the best decision for the hockey team is to listen to Connor McDavid and what Connor McDavid <laughs> wants, right? Because if you're going to make him mad, then what are you doing? Right. What are you doing? So in this case, yeah, you know what? Connor's going to say, you know what? Like I, I played with this guy in the past. He was a good hockey player. He's a good guy. Uh, so, yeah, I'm OK with this signing. And I think that that's the way it goes down. And yeah, whoever's in charge of the Edmonton Oilers, you, your number one duty is to make sure Connor McDavid is happy as a hockey player in Edmonton so you can keep him for the for the long haul. Well said. Yeah. Yeah, was that call made for Brandon Manning, you guys think? Or is that just <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, going no mad? I mean, that's a good point, right? I mean, I mean yeah. maybe it's too early in the career, but <laughs> different GM oh, altogether. Oh, <laughs> I like that. It's Can I squeeze little... one more question? Oh, sorry. I just, Go ahead. Just on that, there's a fine Please line to, to this, cause I, I, and it's something that we obviously don't know, but, you know, because like, we know this, the power NBA players have. There aren't a lot of players in the National Hockey League to have that power. Connor McDavid would be the one. Like he could, he could run. He, he could change the Oilers logo if he wanted to. Probably if he went Daryl Case and changed the logo. Like he, he has that. You know, he's that important that to Jeff. You, you want to keep him happy. But it, when you're Ken Holland or you're the team, there is that balancing act to this. He could sit there and say, "I want Connor Brown. Get him at all costs." But at the same time, you have to understand if you're Ken Holland, you got to do what you also think is best because your job's on the line based off these moves. And if they don't work. You can't go out there and while Connor wanted it, you're going to lose your job. So, you know, Connor, I think, is kind of a perfect mix of, you know, he's not that NBA player. And I think he understands he's not the GM. I think he understands that there is a vision in someone else in charge. Yeah. He's going to have his input. And, and we've seen it. Like, he was consulted about Evander Kane. He was consulted about Duncan mm -hmm. Keith. I would envision he's consulted mm -hmm. about Connor Brown. But I also think if the Oilers didn't sign Connor Brown, I don't think he'd be upset. And I, I think that's the type of person Connor McDavid is. But that's the fine line that if you're Ken Holland, you have to, to manage is when do you ultimately have to go do what Connor needs and says he wants? And when do you listen to him or just get his opinion, but then make a different call? Because sometimes you're going to have to go do that. And that's going to, that's it. That's, I don't envy Ken Holland for that one because, you know, you don't want to make that one decision that ultimately pisses off Connor McDavid enough. But you also have to, you, you have a job to do and he has his own job to do and his job isn't the GM of the team. Can he convince his buddy Austin Matthews to come on a one-year deal for uh, close to league minimum until the cap goes up and he goes back to Arizona? All right. I want to ask one more just because, and I'm sorry, but I just want to, you know, the goal goaltending has been something that, you know, has been talked about very, very 
detailed and I just, you know, there, I was going to do it as a tell me I'm wrong, but ultimately it's just a question, you know, taking Vasilevsky out of this, you know, the, the Knights just won with five goalies, you know, Kemper is maybe considered an average to above average goalie, Binnington, Niemi, Corey Crawford, Tim Thomas, Chris Osgood. Um, Maddie, do you, can you win a cup with an average goalie? In certain years, yes, you can. There are those years where those the average goaltending is going to go, but you don't know which years those average goaltendings are going to be because some of those goaltendings you've mentioned, they weren't average goaltenders those the years that they were playing. Like Jordan Bennington's year that year was unreal. It was out of this world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Laurent Persuade wasn't a great goalie, but Aiden Hill comes in. He played unreal for the Golden Knights this year. So mm-hmm. there are those years where, yeah, you could have the Corey Crawford where you're not playing. Your goalie is maybe just average slightly above and you could go win. But there's also those years where Andre Vasilevsky's the goaltender who's winning the cup because yeah. he's just that great of a goalie. So I think at the very least, and I, and I will, because this is Oilers, let's focus on the Oilers for that. I think when with this team, you need better than average goaltending. I don't think you could mm. bank on average goaltending. But I also don't think that this is a team that needs an Andre Vasilevsky to go win a cup. I don't think you need to bank on that. You need a goalie that could go out there and give you a 920 and you know, a 925 save percentage throughout the playoffs. I don't care about the regular season at that point. Throughout the playoffs, if you can get that and, and maybe more closer to the 925, you're going to go win the Stanley Cup. And it's, you know, could Stuart Skinner be that guy? Could Jack Campbell be that guy? I still think that they could. You know, again, I, I don't think you need that 930 with this team or the 935 with this team. But, uh, you know, could they win with average? Absolutely. You, again, like I said, you, you could. But I wouldn't bet on that because it's those years come far and few between, I would say. And you're focused more on those years where you're going to have to go up against the team with Andre Vasilevsky. Can you beat them? Well, to do that, you're going to need a guy that's giving you about a 920, 925 save percentage. So I'll go with slightly above average. Okay, that makes sense. Somebody from our uh, network, Josh Bolton, had said, you know, once you're good enough to be an NHL goalie, you're in the top 100 goalies in the year or in the world. And if you're within the top 100 goalies in the world, you're capable of going on a heater in the playoffs. Doesn't matter whether your name's Aiden Hill, you know, Jack Campbell, you you name it. So um, you need a good heater of 25 games, right? And you can go at the right time. Rollison, Dwayne Rollison was brilliant in 06. That's right. And, and, yep. he, and but we don't look at his career and go, hey, it was Andre Vasilevsky or anything like that. That's right. But in that run, he was just brilliant. And yeah. If, yeah. like, I agree with Maddie. And I think if you're going to win with average goaltending, you can't be average anywhere else. Bingo. If you, at, if you look at Las, if you look at the Vegas Golden Knights, sure, you can call it average goaltending. I mean, um, yeah. I can't remember the guy's name right now. Aiden uh, uh, Hill. Logan Thompson. He had some really good games, but all in all, I don't think he was spectacular. Like he had like two really good games, but what I'm going to say is Vegas defense was good. Really good. Tough. Their forward group was, you know, one of the best. If you you compare it to the Oilers, they were right up there. So, I mean, I think that's why Vegas was able to get away with playing Bersois, playing Aiden Hill, because they were strong everywhere else. So, I don't think a team in general can have average goaltending and an average forward group, for example, or average goaltending and an average defense, because then you're yeah. fighting two things, right? You're like, well, 
I don't know what I'm going to get from Deke or, or the goaltending, but if it's just goaltending and your defensive forward group are, are, are really good, I think you have a shot. Yeah, and a goalie has to trust the D. The D has to trust the goalie. You know, you kind of mentioned it as well as Matty did when he said Bennington. Um, ultimately, you know, you look at those guys' careers, they're still an average to above average, but you said it in the moment, Matty, uh, Bennington was was unbelievable from January on. Um, I look a lot at the system that's in front of those guys, right? When you look at the Tim Thomas and, and look who he had in front of him with, you know, Chara and, and that system with Bergeron and that commitment to defense, even the same thing with Crawford and Niemi having Hall of Fame Seabrook and Keith in front of them. Um, I, I do think that, you know, their ability to play a team game obviously has a lot to do with it. Um, Jeff, what do you think? Uh, honestly, uh, I'm going to say that I don't think you can really win with average goaltending. I, I'm kind of with Hernan with this one. You have to have something to offset that, right? The Edmonton Oilers, they can outscore a lot of their problems, including goaltending. Like, uh, I don't want to get into a big Stuart Skinner needed to be better in the playoffs thing, but if you would have got yeah. average goaltending out of Stuart Skinner in the playoffs, I think the Edmonton Oilers would have made it a lot further. Yeah. But that's only because they're built that way, right? They're they're built to be an offensive juggernaut, so they can outscore mm -hmm. that 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 deficiency, if you will. But the majority of NHL teams, like let's say ninety five percent of the NHL uh, teams that are out there, if you have average goaltending and you don't have that offense that the Oilers have, you're not going to get very far in the playoffs. You look at Vegas, uh, they had great defense, they could score. So once again, they were another team that they were able to overcome the average goaltending, not win because they had average goaltending, if that right. makes sense. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I think Aiden Hill probably stole Vegas a few games, and I think Skinner's performance went with the team. The team played well, he played well. The team paid poor, he played poor. Um, yeah, yeah, well said for sure, Connor. Yeah, I mean, I, I really like what Hernan said there. And, you know, you could, I think you could win with average above average goaltending if your offense is loaded and your defense, you know, doesn't give up great A opportunities. Uh, wasn't yeah. the case for the Oilers. Uh, and I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're kind of talking about this and I'll just kind of elaborate into the Oilers and, you know, the needs we talk about, will all these players duplicate their offensive seasons and set career highs offensively? Well, they scored 325 goals last year. The next closest was Boston at 305. Uh, Boston got knocked out in the first round. We know what happened with the Empton Oilers. Yeah. I, I mean, when you look at this team, maybe the focus has to be on the defensive side. Can they play better as a five-man unit, a four-man unit, at even strength? Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, I'm going off my own tyrant here. And, and, and you know, this is kind of just my thoughts on it all. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that, you know, Goaltending has to be better. You, you need at least a 900 save percentage. Stuart Skinner wasn't that last season uh, in the playoffs. A couple tough second periods for him, especially against the Vegas Golden Knights. So, yeah, I, I think it's it's making it pretty tough if you're setting the bar at average goaltending to win in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's going to be tough to do unless you have an elite defensive yeah. unit and you can continue to score goals. We know scoring slows down a little bit in the playoffs. So, yeah, I, I, yeah. I think, yeah, it, it makes it tough. Yeah, well said. Okay, Michael, and then I'll give you the reins back and take your show, buddy. Yeah, uh, you know, to this, I think subpar D has ruined a lot of goaltenders' careers. So, you know, <laughs> it, it's um, it's just that way. I mean, look at Devin Dubnik spent some time in Edmonton. Yeah, goes to Drew and Delorier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's look. We don't. I don't think we've ever known uh, what you know what kind of goaltenders we've had in Edmonton in a long time. We just haven't had elite D. 
you know, is, is Campbell great? I don't know. Maybe he could be right. If we had a good, like, right. you know, Vasilevsky had Hedman, uh, you know, Detroit Red Wings had Lidstrom for how many years and they always seem to have great goaltending, right? Like, <laughs> you know, go figure, you know, when you got a Haas on in the back end like that, uh, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of that way with the Oilers. I think, I hope with uh, Ekholm that the defense is better. I mean, you just check the chat tonight, and that seems to be the um, the default to what everybody thinks about the Oilers is defense, defense, defense needs to be better. And, you know, it's – I don't remember the last time I'd have to go back and look that we've had a really solid defensive core. Uh, it's been a while. Uh, and that's just not how this team's constructed. So – yeah, we need better defense. It it um it, it'll make the the goaltending better. Uh, we've had bad goaltenders. We can <laughs> I think we can agree on that. We've had some that you know. But I think you know the other thing to that is confidence. Like you go into a, a season looking great and feeling great, and then you you know you're not getting any help from your decor. You're just not getting any chemistry between them. I, you know, like these guys rely a lot on the chemistry between themselves and the guys that are in front of them a lot, you know, the communication that happens and, and whether they can work together. Uh, it's just, yeah, I, I think Skinner, Skinner's a great goalie. Like he was, you know, he was uh, right up there for Calder nominations. Right. Um, and so, you know, can he uh, be the guy this year or will Campbell rebound? I don't know. I think it all depends on our defense, and that's that's about it. These guys are capable of of taking us the distance if the defense is capable of providing them what they need. And I guess that's it. I guess I'm up now. <laughs> uh, yeah, so nobody gets to respond to that, thankfully. <laughs> tell me I'm an <laughs> asshole, or you know, I mean, they'll tell me I'm an asshole. On Twitter. it'll be in the comments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At some point, somebody will call me an asshole on Twitter. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys, uh, for joining us tonight. Thanks for uh, we we went. Um, normally, I like to keep the show to an hour and a half, but we also normally don't have four additional guests on the on keep the it show. to an hour. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, keep it to an hour. Uh, it was great having you guys on. A couple of you have met for the first time tonight. Um, really loved hearing what you had to say about the Oilers. Uh, you know, I, I I wish everybody the best. I know uh, all of you, uh, just from uh, if I hadn't heard you before, um, from what people have told me, have uh, real promising careers ahead of you. Um, and maybe this is just a nice break and a nice summer for you to, you know, take some time off and, and enjoy life and, and realize, um, you know, what, uh, what to negotiate on your next contract, right? <laughs> two or three, two or three weeks in the summer off or, or whatever it is. Don't take uh, the bridge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, um, it was, and also, you know, we, of course, um, having you guys on, uh, you know, we had a couple extra listeners tonight and, um, I assume some extra downloads when it goes, uh, on the recorded, uh, for the podcast. So, uh, thank you for that. And, and to that, I'll say, if you're, you know, if you're new to the show, please give us a subscription, uh, subscribe on, on YouTube or, or, uh, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Oilers live dash is at dash in the park and heavy hockey network is at heavyhockey.com. Uh, and something that I'm passionate about is our charity hockey game that we host every year uh i it's a sad uh it was sad as well uh on that 
behalf for the TSN 1260 to be going gone away because um, we always got great support uh, when that hockey game came around. Uh, and I know you guys like people listen to you guys and they and they told me, you know, I heard about it on on TSN 1260. And this year we're doing the event February 24th, which is uh, in line with the Battle of Alberta in Edmonton. We uh, we have chosen and will continue to go forward with the Sexual Assault Center of Edmonton. Uh, they need the help. They are uh, moving into a new building. Uh, the problem of uh, sexual assault uh, just doesn't go away. Uh, they provide a number of great services uh, to the community. Uh, just absolutely an amazing organization that that needs funds. Uh, we raised um, close to twenty seven thousand last year. Uh, with the help of uh, some of the guys, some of the guys that you guys were working with, um, you know, and making sure that word got out. Uh, so, if you're new and listening now, uh, please put that in your calendars. February 24th, we'll have more details as we go. We are looking for a title sponsor this year, just to go bigger and better, right? And um, you know, if we can uh, raise that twenty-seven thousand to you know a hundred thousand or half a million. Uh, it's going to do great work in the community. And so I'm just happy to have uh, guests like yourself that um, maybe raise that profile a little bit. It's it's at the foundation of what we do at Heavy Hockey. Uh, when when people join uh, to be you know a fan and do fan podcasting and fan blogging as part of Heavy Hockey, uh, it's a part of what I ask them. You know, is is you know, are you is this is this part of your DNA to give back to the community? And if it is, then uh, you know they're welcome on board. And so this uh, charity hockey game is a big deal. So um, that's all I'm going to say. Um, I'm going to pass it off to Dash for his last words. And uh, thank you guys again uh, for being here tonight. I'm on mute for the rest. And Jeff, when you get the last word, you know what to do. Thanks again, Michael. Yeah, appreciate those words. Uh, and, and yeah, we were always very fortunate. There's at least a few guys on this podcast right now that have helped and retweeted tweets and helped promote that. Uh, Low Tide and and Bruce McCurdy and Dave Jameson were all all fantastic in helping support. Um, look, we're running out of time, so I, I'm not going to use my voice much more. I, I just really want to say that <clears throat> there's a piece of my soul missing. You know, we we need this back, you know, we need this content back. Um, I miss the whistle contests with Connor and Struddy. I, I miss Will Frazier's one grilled cheese sandwich and headlight warnings. I, I miss Eric getting dunked on by Dusty and Maddie, you know, getting to be the commissioner for all the drafts and, and put up with all the shenanigans. I, I miss the, the vitamin waters on the, on the patio <laughs> that Tommy likes to talk about. And, you know, I miss the PK can go to hell. I miss Dave Jamison striking like a mongoose. And I don't know, maybe you guys can finish us off with some of your, you know, one of your best memories or a great story or just say goodnight if you want to, that's fine. We're going to leave uh, Jeff, the experience Walker until the end. Cause Jesus, why wouldn't we finish with him? So, uh, hey, Connor, man, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for helping coordinate this in the background as well and really mm -hmm. appreciate uh, our history together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if just this is, I was at 1260 for 15 years. Uh, I can tell you, I still remember when Matt Awanek joined up. He was uh, a kid from Nate. 
Uh, his friend, I believe, co-worker Jen Seal brought him aboard. He said yes to every shift. And he would do the Sunday morning religion hour. Uh, never complained about it. So, you know, seeing what he was able to do in the industry, no surprise. I could say the same thing about a lot of people. Mark Majot was someone who, you know, oh, Mark. was it the same way? Hey, whatever you need, I can do it. Was a fantastic forest. How are you, I'm Chuck? Seeing all the success that he's had, not a surprise because he was a guy who would do whatever it took. Hernan, the same way. Came in, uh, all business, would always take a shift, right? You know, we had a lot of people come through those doors and not everybody wanted to work, but Jeff was the same way. Whatever you need. Uh, whenever I was on vacation, he would step in on the Gregor show and knock it out of the park. So, uh, you know, the, the success that we had was built on the people uh, like that, that were just willing to do whatever it took for the for the station. If I think of memories, uh, we, we kind of touched on it before we got on here. Dusty in the dunk contest is one that everyone's always going to remember. I'll say one for me was um, getting greeted by Will Frazier every day at 10 o'clock when I'd come in there and kick him out of the studio. I don't know if I can say the words and what he would call me when I walked into the studio, because I don't think he liked <laughs> to see me because I kind of rushed him out there. Uh, but just the people in that building, like uh, the people with the bear and Virgin radio, the, the coworkers yeah. we had were absolutely fantastic. They still do great work. And yeah, it, it was a privilege to work with everyone I worked with and certainly looking forward to see what's next for Maddie and Jeff, Dusty, Eric, Tommy, uh, Gregor Strutty, Jamo Lotide. I, I know everyone's going to do awesome things. So the content's going to be there. Uh, it's just a matter of where it's all going to be. And then, you know, Hernan Salas, I don't know. Maybe, maybe he'll make the jump back to media. Ooh. Hey, <laughs> eh? I don't know. Well, they're going to win their next game and uh, we won't have to worry about them cleaning house and Hernan will be just fine where he is for a long time. I hope anyways. Um, Hernan, thanks for joining. You've been on the show a couple times now and really appreciate that as well. Uh, good luck to the Elks. Um, God knows they need it. And we're all rooting for you. We're all rooting for that team. It'll come around. Um, Michael talks about his ex-college roommate that, you know, has some influence over there. And yeah. I think it's all going in the right direction eventually. So thanks for being on. And Yeah. No, thank you guys. It's always great to uh, join. I've, I haven't done a podcast or anything like this in a long time. And uh, like you said, I, I love working with the Elks. And, you know, we saw some dark times with the Oilers in this city for many, many years. And, and, and they got through it. And, and I believe the same. We have great people in the organization. Uh, there's a lot of hard work going into it. And um, it'll turn around. It'll turn around. And we're, and we're confident in that. And like I said, we're we're in Winnipeg Thursday, and I know you guys will all be uh, cheering us on. So <laughs> just that there's a reason why you play the game, right? So we're gonna go there with a lot of positivity and confidence. And just to touch on the on the twelve sixty boys, like I when I when I got offered uh, to the Elks job, it was the hardest decision I had to make career wise. Um, I talked to Jamo, who was kind of the guy I leaned on, who's done both jobs and big time, and. Um, I ended up taking the Elks job and, and I remember telling Maddie and the guys and there was a lot of emotion and, and, you know, we had, we had a nice go away party and I remain friends with all the guys and it, it's great. It's beautiful because it's, it's not often you go to a, a job and you come out with eight friends for life, right? No matter where we end up or where we're going to be as we get older here and move on. Um, I think we'll always be friends. And I think that's what I take from 1260 is, and I'm with you dash, like in, in, Working with the Elks, you come in in the morning, you put on Dusty, and then you listen to the, 
Jamo, Maddie, and Low Tide, and then Gregor and Connor and Stradi. And now it's just like, what do I listen to? I'm not a big music yeah, guy, so it's really tough. So I'm really yeah. excited to see what's next for the boys, uh, for all the guys here. I know they got a lot of things in the works, so I'm excited for them. And like I said, I'll always be there for them. We'll always be friends. And my time at 1260, man, I'll cherish it for the rest of my life because it's what I always wanted to do. And um, it, it was a great ride. To be able to cover the teams you grew up cheering for, it's nothing like it, man. Nothing like it. Yeah. To be, uh, be able to, to spew your, <laughs> your hot takes on air every day is just great. So uh, I love the guys. Thank you guys for having me on. And, and like I said, uh, go Elks. You're, speaking of hot takes, Hernan, you were one of the best there. The man of the people, I must add. <laughs> yeah. The man of the people right there. Um, all right, Maddie's probably going to disagree with me that I said the Elks are going to win next game. I know uh, the Blue Bombers in two oh, out of the next three are going to be a little bit of a tough goal. But, hey, Hernan said it. There's, this is why we play the game. Um, so, yeah, Matt. Maddie, thanks, man. You know, I, I've been inviting you for a golf game on the air and texting in for, for a while. So that offer is still out there for real. Um, hopefully we can get out this uh, summer still. Hopefully you uh, get a lot of rounds in this summer. Um, thanks again for coming on. And uh, any any final thoughts or stories from uh, from your time? Yeah, no. Well, first, I'd like to, to you and Michael, thanks for having us on and, and keep doing this. Keep doing Pleasure. some great work with the with this show. And as for the Elks, they'll start winning games when Hernan Salas gets the play calling sheet for the offense. That's, <laughs> I st- give Mind him drop. the sheet. Let let McAdoo run it all week. Just give Hernan the sheet like ask Matt and just do ask Hernan and run the play. I don't call. know about that, but that's <laughs> what I, that's what they need. It's like Kid Wonder they on Ted Lasso. <laughs> Exactly. Just ask Hernan on those plays and get it done. Um, you know, I agree with everything like Connor and Hernan said there. Uh, to, to what Connor said about us in terms of doing everything availability, that is also exactly what you say about Connor. I thought the uh, same he was thing. a guy that it was just he would do everything. He was he's just so calm when anything was going wrong. He knew it'd be fine, and he's Mister Reliable. And you know, one of the reasons why he was training Hernan was because he's the guy you want doing that because he, he's just the perfect guy to teach everyone because he knew everything. Like you, there, there's, I, I knew a lot about technology and the, and the boards and all that in that building. The only person that's in like the same level as me or whatever was Connor. So. Uh, he, he was brilliant at that, but it, it really was TSN, like, and the Bear, and everyone. There's been a lot of people, but everyone that's come through Virgin Radio, um, it was really a family that we had over over there. And uh, there's just a lot of people you connect with, and like, you know, in the radio world, at least in Edmonton, I was always willing to put up our building against anyone else's because yeah. what we what happened between you know in the halls, and we had so much fun, and you know. Yep. Anyone that works any job, any type of corporate job, you know that there's always those struggles. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing that kept us going every single day was the people that we worked with. But then the flip side to all this, and the one thing that's been great to see, um, but also sad to see in that, you know, know, I said earlier, joked how it's like I could enjoy retirement and, and I'm enjoying life right now. But the amount of people that are actually hurt by the loss of 1260 that 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 aren't us, it's the listeners. And yep. just coming across over the last month of us being off the air, of the amount of people who, who their day-to-day life is having to change. I've had shows go off the air. I've had things leave. And I know how difficult that is. So for everyone that's out there that has listened to our station or had that set in the day, whether it was an hour, whether it was all 12 hours or whatever it was, to lose that... I know that 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 hurts and that stinks and your life has to change. So to all those people, um, our 
thoughts go out to them. And we're sorry Aww. for you guys that the station isn't there anymore. And, and hopefully that void can be filled and filled soon for you guys. Um, but it was, it's, it, our listeners were very special. So, um, to a degree, sorry that, you know, we couldn't have the station still going for all of you people because, um, it, it seemed like it, it impacted a lot of people beyond us. And, um, again, like I said, hopefully, you know, we can get things going. And then just the lighter note of, of things that I'm very happy about it ultimately off the air, I'm the two time Tecmo champ winner, including <laughs> the greatest season ever in Tecmo oh, history. Man. And with that said, yeah, baby. I still have the championship trophy right here. Right here. The championship. Took down Hernan. Took down Yukon Jack. Took down Dustin Nielsen. Let's go, baby. Let's go. I love it. I love it. The trophy will stay there forever, you know? <laughs> it's, it's mine now. Once once the station went down, I stayed champ. It's, there's a TSN sticker on that, so nobody else Can is I? winning that post the fact. He, he also Can ruined the league, though, when I was still <laughs> No, 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 no. Uremchik ruined the league. Uremchik <laughs> no, left, you took his job, and then you left and the league died. Maybe so, Hernan, you got Maddie yeah. and Tyler yeah. confused like a lot of people do. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just jump in before Jeff here? Yeah, please. Just because Matt brought up a great point. I got to say big thank you to the listeners. Like one of the coolest things for me, uh, the month of giving with Gregor, we raised yeah. so much money. And the ger- generosity of people in this community, not just the city, but surrounding areas. A lot of people, you know, helped us with the prizes as well as raising up the bids and tons of money went to a lot of great charities through the holiday season. So uh, to those people, and then also just the people who texted in, right? Like they provided so much content for our show. So everyone who tuned in every once in a while to the diehards, thank you guys. And uh, there's a void in the city, like Matt said, and hopefully, hopefully gets filled soon. And just before Jeff wraps up, uh, just funny story, like with the Elks, we do fan days or fans come out to practice. And, and I always tell the guys this, that I, there's always fans. They're like, Hernan. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And they're like, Hey, I'm an AM nasty. And I'm like, all right. Go ahead. Like they just like, they're all over the place. And it's great. Cause they share that with me. Right. And then I tell Dusty and he's like, they're everywhere. So it's, it's always great to still have that connection uh, to the station, right? Like people still like, Hernan, can you tell Tommy this or Maddie or Dusty this? And yeah. it's just great. It's wonderful that how much love there is for the, the people that worked at that station. Yeah, I mean, and we felt that as the listener, you know, when we help um, provide the content and and text in some of the ideas and then they, you know, are born into segments and what have you. Like, I I don't know who on this podcast knows this, but I I was the creator of Gregor's Bane. I made that stick that was in your studio for how I made the the Smithsonian shield for Dusty there, too, that was taking up space. Um, We all felt like we were a part of the show. Right. I mean, I still come out of my Monday morning sales meeting that goes from eight till eight thirty, and I want to go and get my sexy on with Rashad. Like it just, it's just programmed in me that it's, I I'm sad. I don't hear Timberlake anymore, you know? So, uh, well said by all of you guys. I can't think of a better way to, to finish this off than, um, a little story time with, uh, Jeff, the experienced Walker. Um, you've come up with some of the most epic stories told on this station or on that station over the last year, year and a half. Um, so, you know, the one rule that Michael has say goodnight at the end and, uh, guys, just a fucking pleasure. Thank you guys. Well, thanks a lot, guys. Um, I want to echo what these guys have been saying. It's been, it was a pleasure for me to work for TSN 1260. I'm an FMer. I was an FMer for a long time before I went to AM radio to work with these guys. And 
Maddie hired me. I still don't know how that happened. I don't know why you made that happen, but Maddie, thanks for that. Connor gave me the privilege of working with Jason Greger. Thank you very much for that. And Hernan is the guy that showed me the ropes. He's the guy that taught me everything that I needed to know at TSN 1260. And I will appreciate everybody I worked with there for a very long time. As for the listeners, you know what? You made it fun coming to work every single day, and I can't... I can't stress how much I appreciate that and uh, me sharing the the weird stories that I've had in my life. You know, if that is what you guys want, you know what? I have no problem doing that. I'm not a shy guy whatsoever. So now instead of like a true story here, though, it is Tuesday and this would normally be confession day on the Nielsen show with Dustin Nielsen and Lieutenant Eric. So I've got a confession that I was going to share with the boys, but I never got a chance to do that because of course they pulled the plug before that happened. So first we have to go back to Easter. If we all remember Easter, you know, I'm not going to get into what Easter is all about because you know how that gets. But what I am going to say is that the day after Easter, the stores like to put all that uh, delicious chocolate on sale for 50% off. Now, I'm not a guy that is able to eat the chocolate. I'm not supposed to. The doctor says, no, chocolate is bad. But there is no way I was passing up that 50% off chocolate sale. It's not going to happen. So as it stands right now in Jeff Walker's freezer, there's not much in there. I've got about six bags of those, those big bags of chocolate mini eggs. I don't eat them. But you bet three or four times a day I go to the freezer, I look in the freezer, I look at them, I know they're there, I kind of give them a little pet, a little stroke. I know they're there and they're going to be there for a long time. Now, Dusty and Eric missed out, though, because I was actually going to bring them in for the boys when I gave the confession. But now I can't do that. So they're going to be in there either forever or else they're going to kill me. One or the two things are going to happen. But thank you very much, guys. This has been a pleasure. Good night. Oh, there's light.